Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. How's everybody doing tonight? No. You don't save your hooting and hollering for the Super Bowl here in a little bit. How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, man. Speaking of the Super Bowl, who's excited? You are my kind of people. Good, good God. I love you. That's right. Oh, man. I got so many jokes that I want to make as a corny pastor, Christian jokes about the Super Bowl and things. I'm going I'm to stop. I'm not going to do it. Um, but I just want to let you know that I'm exercising self-control. So when I preach about self-control in just a moment, I'm not really. But you would know that you need to have self-control as well. We're better together, aren't we? Can I just say, before we go any further... Um, one, I'm really excited to start a new series called Peaks and Trenches. Somebody say Peaks and Trenches. I'm really happy that 18% of our church hit me up on Facebook and was like, yo dude, you spelled Peaks wrong the first time. Don't worry, somebody's going to shout it out if I didn't announce it right now. It happened. Am I getting weird feedback? Anybody else hearing that? Is it just me? Heaven come. Yeah, that is weird. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Ethan in the back, our incredible sound people, they're amazing. They get things figured out. Well, I'm sure we'll be all right. But before we go any further, um, the last four weeks have been incredible, haven't they, in our series called Voices? If you're new with us tonight, it's probably because you're probably thinking like, why is he getting everybody to clap for him? No, 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 no. So first of all, my name is Matt, one of the lead pastors here, along with my beautiful wife who brought up the stand. We lead Takeover Church. It's an honor and privilege. But for the last four weeks, I got to start the new year off resting, taking in the word, being preached to, and soaking it up, letting the Holy Spirit do his thing for me, and enjoying worship. I got to sit out for four weeks while we had an incredible message series called Voices, where you got to hear from a number of different voices in church. And I thought every single week was spectacular. I think the devil regretted every time he showed up to your home. Every single week, because that word was incredible, the worship was incredible, every single week was amazing. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to our incredible team here who were, they weren't even covering the spread, they were killing the game, amen? Yeah. So, tonight, you know the Bible talks about many are chosen but few make the cut, have you heard that? It's not actually what it says. I was really trying to trip some people up. You're smart. Good. It says, many are called, but few are chosen. I want to tell you tonight that you are chosen. I don't know what it was about tonight that made you want to be in the house of God. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit prompting. I don't know if your cable box went out. Maybe you don't pay for premier packages to have the NFL channels, but you are chosen. You are here on purpose, with a purpose, and God has a word for you tonight. Amen. Are you grateful you're in church tonight? Fantastic. I know that we got kickoff here at 6.30, but I have an assignment, so we are going to do church tonight. Does that sound good? And I will try and be sensitive to kickoff, I understand. But tonight, we're kicking off a series called Peaks and Trenches, and 
one of the first questions I got was like, why well, is it not mountaintops and valleys, bro? I'm like, because that's old, okay? That's old, all right? People back in the 50s when the King James Version came out, they were preaching mountaintops and valleys or hills and valleys, okay? We're, we're a new generation, all right? We're going with peaks and trenches, fam, okay? And that's not really the reason I chose peak and trenches. It's actually because peak is the absolute uppermost portion of the mountain. It is you are going to Everest. When you are traveling, when you are a mountain climber, this is where you plant your flag is in the uppermost crescent of the hill, of the mountain. It is the absolute tippy top. And the reason I chose trenches is because trenches are actually the lowest part in the crescent of the earth. And in fact, have you guys ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of the Marina's Trench? It's right off the island of Marina's in the Pacific Ocean. It is. It is the deepest trench in all of the earth. And the lowest point of it is actually called Challenger Deep. I'm not going to get into how deep Challenger Deep is, but it's deep. You all know what I'm saying. And so the reason I went with this is because Man, valleys, yeah, we've been through some valleys. Anybody in here ever been through some valleys? If you're being honest tonight. It's cool to be honest in church still, yeah? But I think for some of us, I think if we're being honest and we're being up front and we're being masked off tonight, you would be able to admit to yourselves that you've spent very little time in your life. Maybe you're 25 years old. Maybe you're 30 years old. Maybe you're 50 years old. Maybe you're 70 years old in here tonight. Maybe you've been following Jesus for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, five months, whatever it is. And you would say that perhaps you have spent very little time on the mountain peaks, but you've spent an absolute, a lot of time in the trenches low. That maybe you've spent a lot of years, whether you're in faith or out of faith, your life experiences, you've experienced a lot of things at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean in the Marina's Trench. Maybe for being honest tonight, you would say that might be where you are right now. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if it's worry. I don't know if it's life situation and circumstances. I myself would tell you tonight that most recently I have spent a good amount of my time in what I would call the Marina's Trench, in the trench of my own life. And so tonight, I want you to know that you are among friends, you are among family. Yes, we remove the vowels, but the word still remains the same. You are home tonight, and you are among people who are real, who are honest, and who are also struggling with things. But our God has gone before us every single time, and when he said it is finished, it is finished, and you and I are going to be better together. Does that sound good? If you're taking notes tonight, we're my note takers. Awesome. 20 of us are going to heaven. I love it. The rest of you, we're praying. We're interceding on your behalf. We're asking for St. Peter to open those doors, get you in. We'll see what we can do, okay? I know a guy flipping with 20 in heaven. We're going to get you in. Take notes, okay? Title of my message is this. Lord, he's stoked. He's ready to go. He's ready to talk to you and me tonight. Title of my message is this. It was an ongoing theme tonight. Rusty and I kind of planned this, but more so the Holy Spirit kind of was working in and through him and myself this week. So the title of my message is a reoccurring theme from tonight. The title of my message is Peaks and Valleys, Weeks 1. My hallelujah. My hallelujah. Would you turn and tell your neighbor, this is my hallelujah? Turn and tell your second choice neighbor, this is my hallelujah. Before we go any further, we're going to hit the word of God. How good is the Bible? 
Right here it says we're coming out of Ephesians 1, 17 through 23. It's going to be up on the Sky Bible, but if you don't have, so if you don't have one, there it is. If you have one, turn there or find it on your app. But Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you to. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? That's you and that's me. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ and when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand and in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named not only in this age but also the age to come. He has put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Is that not good news tonight? Before we go any further, I want to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight. You got to... It's an absolute honor and privilege to be bringing your word tonight. Jesus, I ask in these next few moments that you'd begin to move inside your people right now. That a hallelujah would begin to echo in the souls of every single person in this room, every single person in this room near and far to you, God. Tonight, there might be some of us in here who have not heard of your goodness. Maybe we've seen some poor representation of who you are. Maybe we think we belong to a certain party. Maybe we belong to a certain church. Maybe we belong in a suit and tie, God. But you are not a suit and tie, God. You have no affiliation. Your affiliation, God, is with the cross of Jesus that goes for all men and all people. So, God, we just thank you right now that in this moment you are stirring our souls, you are wrecking the halls in our heart, and you are getting ready to move on the inside of us like never before. So we thank you for a hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name of faith, Phil Church said. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready to go? I'm going to preach it like I feel it. hope that's okay. It's kind of how we do here at Takeover Church. Um, my hallelujah. Hallelujah has a has a really personal place for me in my heart, you know. I think it's easy to watch Tyler Perry movies with Medea. Who loves Medea? Hallelujah. I love how she pronounced it. I want to I wanna be on that level one day. Hallelujah. I think it's easy to see church in movies or in fiction or in GIFs or in uh, G-I-F, by the way, for the texting generation in here, GIF, uh, the little movable pictures with no sound and you're kind of confused. Happens to me too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And it's easy to look at these things that are sent out in these videos, and maybe it's Christian comedy, or maybe it's secular comedy, or whomever it is. We hear the word hallelujah used, and, you know, we, we take it for granted. It's something that we've kind of exploited a little bit. I'm a hallelujah, you know. We, we, we like to say it like Medea, hallelujah. We make to make jokes about it. Hallelujah has become like, yo, work is closed today, hallelujah. Like, it, it's something that has lost its weight, I feel, in our generation and in this world today. Because I think for a lot of us in here, we would, we would recognize the word hallelujah as Christianese, as something Christians say, as something we, we supplement other words for instead of like good gracious or whatever. We, we put in the word hallelujah, but hallelujah has a deeper meaning. Hallelujah has more weight. Hallelujah is a word for you and for me that should only come out of our mouths. When we believe our God for it, 
when we believe what it means, if you don't know what hallelujah means, it actually has two definitions. There's the literal translation from the Hebrew that means praise be to God. Isn't that good? Isn't that more than just work is closed? Like praise, we praise be to God for everything, absolutely. But man, in our thick of our situation, peaks high, trenches low, praise be to God, amen? And then it has a second definition. Or people use it and they say, hallelujah. Say it, hallelujah. hallelujah. Just like the song, let's say hallelujah. It's not fair. You're cheating, worship pastor. You're singing it on melody. It's good. There's a second definition to it where it's, it's commonly known among scholars that it means a thousand amens. Hallelujah means not just praise be to God, but we raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies because it means a thousand amens. And if you're in here tonight, and maybe amen is a new word for you too. Maybe you're in here tonight and you don't know what the word amen is. Maybe you just thought it was something you said at the end of your dinner table prayer growing up. Maybe it's something you heard again, once again in movies or you've heard preachers say or whatever. You never knew the word. Amen simply means what Jesus said on the cross. When that final breath left his lungs, he said, it is finished. So amen means it is finished. And hallelujah, let's do some math here. It's a thousand amens. Praise be to God a thousand times in the face of my enemy, in the face of my lack, in the face of my fear. I get to say, it is finished. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? And so the reason, this is going to be a little intro to the series because I know we got other things going on and I understand it. I get it. I get it tonight. I understand what it's about for people. Okay. But that doesn't negate the assignment that we have to have our doors open for the word to go forth and for your life to be changed after this. I wonder what the church would look like. I wonder what this church would look like. I wonder what the city would look like. I didn't take four weeks off so I could come back and condemn a bunch of people. Make no mistake about it. This is encouraging. This is good news. This is the gospel. But I wonder what Grand Rapids would look like. I wonder what your marriage would look like. I wonder what your lives would look like. Your pocketbook like Rusty would look like. I'm, what Rusty was talking about would look like. I wonder what the lives of the people in this city that we encounter would look like. If we took what we heard in this house on a Sunday and actually began to apply it to our lives Monday through Saturday. I wonder. Because our lives, again, they're made up of very little moments on the peaks. We spend a lot of our lives in the trenches, making our way out of the trenches. Life is getting good. We're on the come up. Am I preaching to anybody? We're getting there. We finally get to the tip. It's like, yeah, praise God, hallelujah, it is finished. Amen, let's go. We're at the top. And then there's those moments where we're on our way back down. Or maybe we wrecked the car in, in Polar Vortex 2019. Maybe we didn't have that extra $100 for the tow truck. Maybe there's not a lot of the food in the house for some of us. Maybe hours are getting cut at work right now. I don't know what it looks like for you and yours when you're coming off the mountain peak when you're on your way back down to where we seem to operate in life. I'm not here to make 
promises to you. That's God's job. He has already said promises. Look it up in the word of God. He says that he is going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Not yours, not your hours. His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's Philippians. That's what the Bible says. I'm not here to make those promises to you because he's already said it. I'm going to stand on them for you, believe with you. But that's what our God says. But I'm going to be honest with you because the word of God says as well. He says, in this life, you will experience trials and troubles and tribulations. Usually those are found on the way back down off the mountain peak when you had that moment where everything was great for a brief second, for a few days, for a couple months, for a year, whatever it was, you went through it with no devil coming to your home. But in this life, you will experience moments on the way back down, moments of where the mundane just happens. You know, we live in a generation where we have exploited the spectacle of Christianity, the spectacle of life. We've exploited the spectacular in this world, and we've said, this is what it looks like. We have put it on our Instagram, and we have highlighted and given a highlight reel to our friends and our family of our best moments, of our mountain peaks, of that new car, of that new home, of that new girl, of that new boy, of that new relationship, of that pay raise. We've exploited the spectacular, but what we don't Instagram, what we don't tweet about, and what we don't broadcast to the world are the rest of those moments where we experience trials and tribulations. But Jesus has said to you and to me, take heart. Don't just idly slide back down this mountain to the trenches below. Don't just idly go quiet into the cold, dark night. Don't just experience trials and tribulations, but take heart. These are a matter of fact. They are a part of life. Things will happen. It will be bad. The devil has put a target on your back because you are a Christian. You are a And light of the world. And he has put a target on your back and he has come so that you may not have heaven on earth, but the devil has come to your home and to your family and to your place that you may experience hell here and hell later. That is his goal. But God has come so that you and I don't have to idly go down that mountain, but we can actually take heart, take courage, take our praise, make our hallelujah loud and say amen. It is finished and we can experience heaven on earth here and now. Faith is the victory, right? You know, it's funny. We say it here a lot at church, but I think this might be the first time we've said it in 2019. But Jesus Christ came and he died and he went to that cross. He defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave. All of it. It is finished. He did all of it so that he could be Lord of all. And as we say here at Takeover Church, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Because lordship actually means complete and total dominion over whatever that Lord is possessing. And if we are a Jesus-following believer tonight, his possession, which he calls his pride and glory, his masterpiece of craftsmanship, is you and me. We are God's chosen possession. And he wants to be Lord of all. And so if he wants to be Lord of all for you, friends, tonight that means for us as Christians that he is both Lord of the peaks high and he is Lord of the trenches low. 
that means that whenever we are actually going through it, when we are in the thick of it, when our life comes at us hard and it comes at us quick, I don't know, we just started a new year and I don't know where you are tonight, but maybe February... There's a little bit of reprieve for you. Maybe Christmas happened, New Year happened, and it's just been downhill from there. Maybe for you, your battle has started now. Friends, he is Lord of all, or he is not Lord at all. And that is good news to you and me because that means that when we find ourselves in the moments where it's life is happening and having its way with us, we actually have the right, the rebirth right because of the finished work on the cross to not have life just happen to us. We happen to this life. We happen to our workplace. We happen to our hours. We happen to the peak and to the trenches. We define how that goes because of what cross written has wrote for us on, because of what Jesus Christ has written for us on the cross. We have a new definition by which we live by. Trenches for us are not lows. They are a moment to trust God all the more. Amen? Peaks are not a moment for our heads to get inflated with our own supply. You've heard it said, getting high on your own supply. It's easy to do at the mountaintop. Because a lot of us will get to the mountaintop and we'll look around and we'll be the only ones there and we think we had something to do with the fact that we're up here. We think you and I, we put in the work, we were on our grind, we were on our hustle, we were on our come up, we are doing it all. We've put on our gloves and we've put on our rubber boots, we've pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and we've put in the work to get here. So it's easy to get to the peak and take all the glory and all the credit for it. It's easy, it's easy for me. Matt built this. I did this. One of my biggest issues in life is the fact that Adrienne will come home and I'll have did something and maybe she didn't notice, not because she's unaware or because she's a terrible wife. By absolutely no means, she is incredible. It's that life is happening and we're busy and we just got home and my deep insecurities that I find within myself is I'm going to wait 20 minutes and if we're home and she doesn't notice, babe, did you see I cleaned the kitchen? I did it. It was me. All by myself. Over here, clean the kitchen. Looks good. Another five minutes go by. Babe. She's always somewhere else. That's why I'm yelling. She's upstairs doing something awesome. You see that I vacuumed the hardwood floor? No. Yeah, but did you feel it when he took your shoes off? Because, like, there was no sand or anything, you know? Maybe you didn't see it because it's hardwood floor, but... Did you see? Yeah, babe. The house looks great. Such a fabulous job. It's easy for me. It's easy for human nature that when we think we have arrived, when we think we have gotten to where we want to be, when we think we have done something great, we're waiting for people to take notice. And when they don't, we make sure they notice. I make sure they notice. And so it's easy for me to get to the top of the peak. We think that peak is this place of victory. We think that peak is this place of, of celebratory. And yes, there are moments of it when you arrive and where you get to where you believe you and I are called to be. We made it. We're better. You know what? I was an eight with a five on the Enneagram, but I made it to an eight with a one. Yeah. Enneagram. That's funny. You should check it out. Good starting point. It's not biblical. It is what it is. But suddenly we think that we got there. 
I had my downfalls here and I've been working and I've been having active transparency with friends and with family and I think that I get here and I arrive and here I am at the peak of where I want to be as a human being, as a Christian, as a husband, as a Jesus follower, as a pastor, wherever you find yourself tonight. You get to this peak. Peak is a celebration. Peak is awesome. God has done great things in your life. He brought you to an elevated place. You are there right now so that you know that he is always for you, that he is always with you. He is always on your side. You are there because he keeps his promises. Absolutely. But his promises for the mountaintop are the same on your way down. They're the same when you're in the trenches below. The risk we run whether we're at the peak or we're in the trenches below, is thinking that we're in control, that we did what we could to get here, and that we're going to get ourselves out of it, or we're going to remain, our, keep ourselves here, whatever it is. This is human nature. This is sin. This is what the devil will be whispering in your ears, friends. It's that when we find ourselves scraping by on the bottom of Marina's Trench, we find ourselves in challengers deep. We get to look around and we go, how did I end up here? Where's God in all of this? I thought Rusty said that when we gave more, we'd make room for increase, God, but the valley, the trench, where I'm at, my marriage, this low that I find myself in, this doesn't look like increase, God. Does your hallelujah remain when you're in the trenches below? Or when I'm on the mountain peak and pride, which comes before the fall, pride gets in there. And our first response to finding ourselves on the peak and having everything from God that he promised us, being delivered out of the trench finally, is our response hallelujah? Or is our response, look what I did. I worked hard. I did this. No, 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 no. Bible says put your hand to the plow in God's name and he will honor it. He will bless you. Anything you do, whether you eat, drink, or sleep, whatever your hand finds to do, do it all to give glory to God. That's a heart check verse. That's a verse for you and me to know that when we've arrived, we haven't arrived, we've been delivered. Amen. Oh, some of you need to make a louder noise. When we arrive, we haven't arrived, we've been delivered. Amen. That's our God. And so what I came to preach to you and to me and to myself tonight as we begin this month of February is that if he is Lord of all, what can take away my hallelujah? When he is Lord of all, when I've put him in his rightful place, when I'm not in the driver's seat of my life, but I have surrendered every area to him, what can take away my hallelujah? Is there a depth that I could fall to? Is there a depth that I could find myself in? Is there a darkness that I could be succumbed by? Is there a lie so sweet from the devil that could actually get me to turn an ear and listen and steal my hallelujah? If he is Lord of all, what can take away my hallelujah? Am I preaching to any? Anybody tonight because I love this verse 
I love this verse. Let's go back to the Bible. He says that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. He's not just speaking to the church of Ephesus here. That's why it's in the Bible, fam. He's speaking to you and to me. This word is for us. God, the Lord of our Jesus Christ, you and me. He is saying the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of him. When we begin to make him Lord of our Lord Christ, when we put him in his right place as Lord, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes, when he is Lord, man, our hallelujah, he's giving us the eyes. Your heart are enlightened that you may know that this hope, because some of us are at hope low, right? We're at the bottom of the trench and we are in some serious need of some hope. We are in serious need of some deliverance from our situation. We are in some serious need of some liberation to come to our, our household. Man, if something doesn't happen with me and my wife, this is done. I am at my breaking point. I am at my peaking point. For some of us, peak looks a little bit different. We're at our peaking point. We're at our breaking point. We are at our wit's end here, and we are in need of some serious hope. And so when we find ourselves... In need of serious hope, what do we begin to do as humans? We begin to try and fix it ourselves, do everything ourselves. Instead, we don't look to the scriptures and what his promises says. We don't look to our crew, our babes and our boys crew and all the other crews we have starting here soon, which we actually do. It's going to be awesome. Holla. We don't look to the church body that was put around us. No, 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 no. We start looking on WebMD for home remedies and what we can do to take care of it. We start looking for jobs when God is saying, no, 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 be still and trust that I am him. I called you to this place and you knew that when I called you, it was part time. But I told you I would supply your needs. You knew that when I called you here, this is what you were called to do. And I was going to take care of you. Yeah, but you know what? I'm only making 13 an hour and I really need to be somewhere. I'm making 17 an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I called you. I know your bill, and I know your bill next month, God is saying to some of us tonight, I have a hope for you. When we put him in his rightful place of lordship, our hallelujah remains. We don't begin looking around, scrummaging around, trying to figure out what we can sell and what we can do to make our dreams and our bills and our moments happen. Our God has called us to it. He is going to supply us for it. Amen. The biggest issue in Christianity today is that we believe God. We put our trust in him in speech alone, but then in actions, we are the ones doing all of the heavy lifting. When God has said, I have gone before you. I've already moved it. There's a bunch of doors there. And there's some barriers that look like they're in your way. And there are some things that have happened in your marriage that you think are unrepairable. There are some things that are happening, maybe the debt that you've gone into, that you feel like, you know what? I'm not even going to get the money that I paid for in college. It feels insurmountable. It is above my head. My God has said to you and to me tonight, he has gone before you. If it's over your head, will we sing tonight? When it's over our head, it's under his feet. Amen.
It might be over our head, but it is still under his feet, which brings us to the rest of this verse. He says, our glorious inheritance in the saints, you and I are saints. Saints is not a word for a cleaned up Christian who attends mass at 12 o'clock midnight on a Saturday. No, no, no. A saint is anybody who would bow their head to what Jesus Christ has done for them and call him Lord and Savior. You and I, believers in here tonight, we are the saints with the... With glorious inheritance, it says, what is the immeasurable, immeasurable inheritance? Some of us out here are measuring. We're measuring everything. We're measuring up ourselves against a person next to us at work. We're measuring our body up against somebody that we see on Instagram. We're measuring ourselves against a person, our spouse, or a person that we're dating. has said they think they're cute. We're measuring ourselves against our own insecurities. But God is saying to you and to me tonight that when I'm Lord of all, I have immeasurable greatness in his power towards you and me. Man, we're in a generation where we just love to measure ourselves up, but we got to realize the reason we measure ourselves up is because of sin. Sin allows us to never measure up no matter how good or bad we think we are. So God measured down to you and to me when he went to the cross with Jesus Christ. Amen. The measuring game is over. He has said it is finished. Our hallelujah remains. Amen. I love this rest of this verse where he says, according to working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above, get this tonight, take over church. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He has put all things under his feet. Some things happened in our country in this last week. And as I say that statement, I heard an audible groan. <laughs> I, heard the, I heard the breath go right out the room. And so I want to say this with as much patience and with as much grace and with as much mercy for anybody in here and your situation and where you may have found yourself. There are some things that happened in our country this week, this last week. Some laws were passed. And we're not going to skirt the bush here. We're not going to, that's not right, how to say? Skirt around the issue and beat around the bush. Is that what it is? My bad. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to glaze over anything. We're not going to push it aside and act like evil isn't evil. Okay? Jesus knows every single story in this room. He knows every single situation you've ever found yourself in. If you're listening on the podcast this week, he knows every single situation you found yourself in, and he is more familiar with your story than you are. So he understands decisions you may have felt like you needed to make in the past. He understands. He has empathy. He loves you. But in our country, we passed the leg some legislature in a few different states that says there can now be late-term abortion up until the moment when the baby is born. Obviously, God's heart is not for that. And I hope that goes without saying we are pro-women here, and we are also pro-life, and we will love you no matter what your decision is. We will love you up to the moment, and we will love you to the moments afterwards, and we are a home and a place for the journey. Amen. 
but if you were like me, when that happened, you were appalled. I found myself without words, which I know is probably surprising for some of you because of I talk all the time. But I found myself without words for the situation. I found myself stumped. I found myself dumbfounded. I found myself silent, grieving. I found myself looking on Twitter and watching on the news as they videotaped these individuals who have been entrusted with the power to make these decisions. And in the video, if you've seen it, there's people who are signing and passing these bills. They're smiling and they're happy about it. And I'm not here to speak on that because I, I don't know their heart. I don't know their journey. I don't know where they're at with Jesus. What I do want to say publicly is that it is not okay that pastors and church leaders and Jesus followers, we get on Twitter and social media and we make fun of those people and we say mean things about those people and we speak ill on those names because they're laughing and we, and we mock them. That is not okay. We're better than that. We love more than that. We don't public shame like the world does. Our Jesus was publicly shamed. He took all the judgment for them and for us. We don't have judgment to dish out on this. I just want to make that clear. Because he loves the people signing those bills as much as he loves you and me. He has you and I. He may not have them. They need our love. They need our patience. They need our mercy. They need our grace. And so the people who might make use of that bill. The reason I bring that up is because this scripture says every single thing, every government, every body, every belief, every zealot nature of anything, every name that has a name both now and the age to come. There is a church that went before us, friends, that never would have thought a bill like that would have had a name, would have had existence, would have taken place. And they read the same scripture that you and I are listening to tonight. The names are still above, the, are still below the name that is above all every other name. Amen. The name of Jesus is still higher. It is still greater over every single moment. So as I found myself completely dumbfounded by the situation and blown away and deeply saddened, I'm human just like you. And so when tragedy strikes, when hardships come, when difficulties arise, I'm not going to play the church face game with you. I was deeply saddened and deeply depressed by that. And I had that moment of doubt. Not of God. Not of his existence. Not of what Jesus Christ did. Not, not throwing into doubt every single thing I've experienced, every single miracle that has happened in my lifetime. No, no, no. The doubt that I faced was, this, is this even worth it? Can I just be a Christian in, Christian in silence, in my home, close up, take over church doors? Heck, if Rusty and Kelsey want to keep it going, more power to you. Is it worth showing up to church on a Sunday when our world is just going to get darker and darker? And the answer that I came to and the answer that I need you to hear tonight is absolutely it is. Our God has gone before us and in this scripture he is saying that when things like that happen in our country, it is still finished. It is still amen. And it cannot rob us of our hallelujah unless we allow it to. Things will get dark. 
Things will get hard. Things will get confusing in times. I understand it again. If we if we were to continue on with this pregnancy now, man, we might lose this. I understand the impossible situation at which people find themselves in. It is an impossible situation. I will never shame you. I would never speak ill of you. I would never cast you out. I would never publicly point you out. And we would never, ever make you feel anything other than love because your situation is impossible. And we get that. But what this scripture says and what the Bible says and what the cross of Jesus says is that God deals in the practical, but the impossible is his starting point. Every single time. Grace is sufficient for you. Mercy is in abundance for you. Patience is there. Love and affection is there. You are still his great prized possession. There is still hope for this country. There is still hope for the people in this world. There is still hope for our neighbors. There is still hope for Grand Rapids. There is still hope in the darkness because it's under his feet. Amen. So church, I got to ask tonight, where are we at? off. We're going to sing a song called You Deserve It. We sang it for the first song tonight and this doesn't mean that we'll do this every single week. This doesn't mean that this is going to be a new thing here at Takeover Church where the first worship song is the last worship song and we just felt like in the last two weeks it really applied. in the middle of the impossible in the middle of the trenches the mountaintops above when we find ourselves wherever we're at on this journey with Jesus whether again you're at the peak right now you find yourself in the trenches below or you're somewhere in between and maybe the in between for you is still undiscernible and you don't know what lies ahead of you you can't put a foot in front of the other because you have no idea where you're walking. Maybe that's where you find yourself tonight. Our God starts with the impossible. And so if you find yourself in an indefinite place where you didn't ever think that you would arrive at, or you find yourself in the best moment of your life, You're not finishing last. You're not finishing third. You're not getting the silver and just getting by, but you find yourself the gold medalist winning your race right now. Know that in your victories, your victories are still under his feet because they came from his hand. And the moments that you find yourself where you cannot even begin to fathom a thought, you can't muster up any hope, you have to know and you have to believe that in the trenches below, he is still there, he is still close, he is still near, and he is still moving on your behalf. Because if the trench has a name, it is under his name. Friends, I want to encourage you tonight. Your trench has a name. Your season has a name. It is under the feet of Jesus. There is a name that is higher, that is greater, that is mightier. It speaks a far better word. It is the name of Jesus. 
And if the name of Jesus is still being spoken, if the name of Jesus is still the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, if he still goes before you, then whether you find yourself, because our generation, we love it, we love results, we are a finished generation, we are. We think that it is finished is only relevant when we're on the mountaintop. It is finished, it is relevant, and it speaks a louder word when you're at the valley, when you're in the trenches below, when all around you echoes chaos and hell and defeat. echoes in your trenches or what was done to you and what was taken from you what you're currently experiencing in this life that's the loudest sound that's the loudest voice because when you're in a trench nothing but acoustics baby so maybe your situation is just loud it's just in your ears maybe it's everything that you can concentrate on maybe you can't escape it at the moment Amen remains the same. Jesus Christ on the cross, it is finished, remains the same. Your hallelujah is not thwarted by darkness in your situation. Your hallelujah is not silenced because of the loudness of your circumstances. No. Your hallelujah belongs to the Lord. Your hallelujah is praise be to God that he hasn't left me nor forsaken me. Praise be to God that there's still some Christians in the city that are going to love some people. We're going to pray for them. And we are going to see some godly things happen in the government here in Grand Rapids and in the government here in Michigan. We're going to see God still move in these here United States because... Not because the states are united, but because Christians are united. Because we know that our God is not done with this place. He's not done with you and he's not done with me. So if you're in here tonight, then maybe your hallelujah has been silenced before. I want to ask you to turn that bad Jackson up to 11 because he deserves it. I want to ask you in here tonight if you have put on mutes, on silence, your amens, your it is finished because you feel like you are in the middle of progress, you don't feel protected, and you feel like you are work that is unfinished. It is still finished. Our God has gone before you. He has triumphed over you, over your oppressors, over the lies that have been said tonight. I need you to know that as we go into the season of talking about peaks and trenches, nothing can take away your hallelujah. Because your hallelujah isn't determined upon your life and the choices you made. The hallelujah you have is because of what he did on the cross. What he did on the cross goes above your mistakes and your decisions. You submit your life to him. Hallelujah. It is finished a thousand times over. Hallelujah. Would you stand up, church? With every head bowed and eye closed in this place. nobody looking around there's nobody judging if you're in here I don't know where you find yourself maybe you haven't had a hallelujah in a minute maybe you didn't even know that word existed maybe you didn't know the hallelujah was yours by rebirth right of Jesus Christ maybe you've never heard of Jesus and what he actually can offer you and this is actually attainable and it's not just a bunch of crazy people who meet together on a Sunday for two hours 
but it's a lifestyle. It's a resurrection. It is new life that you can actually have and possess and walk out and experience victory no matter how low or high your life may be. Maybe that's you tonight. If that's you, would you just be brave enough in a moment? If you want to give your life to Jesus, would you just be brave enough in a moment? lift your hand up just high enough and long enough somebody just shot their hand up already they saying this is my hallelujah is there anybody else in here right now you want to shoot your hand up right where you are start right now there's a hand up is there any other hands in this place Jesus, I just thank you for every single soul in this place. I thank you for the hallelujah that has been imprinted upon their heart, that has been written all over their soul, that it is immovable, it is inextinguishable, it cannot be put out. I ask God right now for a fresh anointing on their life, God, a fresh awakening of a hallelujah, God, that would resonate from the depths of their soul that says, in death and life, praise be to God, it is finished. God, we just thank you for every single person in this place. Be with us as we go. Be with us as we travel. Be with us in this week. Give us assignments, God. Put us to work in the field, God. Because we want to turn up good fruit and new Christians and new believers. And we want to build this body called Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives from this moment forward. God, we just begin to lift up these words. You deserve it, God, because you are worthy of every single praise and adoration that we can utter tonight as we go. We des you deserve it, God. Amen.